everybody, welcome to the Heroes Die podcast and happy Thanksgiving week. This is actually the first year that I am not doing any kind of traditional uh, Thanksgiving celebration. Bree and I are headed up to Quebec City, just the two of us. We are not planning on cooking a turkey. And honestly, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, there are a few things that we're going to be... Is someone at the door? Hey, Sam, it's your old pal, Rudy Galvan. Oh, my God, Rudy Galvan, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, you old so-and-so. I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd drop off a green bean casserole for the both of you. Why, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, Rudy, what are your Thanksgiving plans this year? Well, this year I'll be spending Thanksgiving in sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin, acting in a production of Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap at Next Act Theater. Oh my goodness, that is very exciting. That is very exciting. Now, is this something that tickets are available to? Uh, something oh, yeah. that we might be able to share on our Instagram? Sure. If anyone's interested in tickets, they can just check nextactheater.org or the link in the stories on our Instagram page at The Heroes Die. Well, that sounds pretty straightforward. And in the meantime, while they're waiting to see you live and on stage, they can check out this week's episode of The Heroes Die. Hey, everybody. How we doing this week? Really good. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Heck, hey. It's been a long hey, week. Good. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's been a long week indeed. Been a, been a long week indeed. Yeah. Got a question for you this week. A bit of a softball. Bit of a softball. Not the controversial stuff we usually talk about. Um, if you Hold could... on. Can we pause right there? Is a bit of a softball, like, kind of offensive? What? Like, is the implication that, like, you know, it's easier? Yeah. Softball okay. is easier. I mean, you know, okay. Bigger okay. ball. Yeah. Well, thank well, you for the derailment. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> but, uh, why is it? Why is what's? Yeah. Why would it be offensive? What to say that I'd a softball say, is easier to hit than a baseball? It seems like you know it's a sport that that more women. I don't, you know we don't need to get into it. But I think men play softball as well yeah. as women. I don't think it's yeah. There. It's just a gendered, I think, sport for you know Title Nine reasons, and you know I, well, the, we don't need to get into it. Like, yeah, offensive. Then like Chicago ball, the big fucking thing. Like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Let's bad. let's go with Chicago ball. Take it from the top, Sam. <laughs> yeah, bit of a bit of a sixteen-inch softball here. Holy cow! Um, Will's in Georgia for five fucking minutes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could talk to, or have, I don't know, uh, a communicative relationship with one kind of animal, what would it be? Mm. Hmm. Bears. <laughs> My wife. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. oh, uh, those of us that are married on this call are going to be in trouble when this episode comes out. Literally, everyone who isn't single on this call, which would be everyone yeah. who didn't say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Morgan, you said you said. You said bears. I didn't know I could say my wife. <laughs> I didn't know that was a lot more practical. I've run into one, maybe two bears. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think of the scope. I might as well have said fucking unicorns. <laughs> How often I run into them. That's assuming that the bear wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's part of, that's sort of part of this, right? Assume that like in being able to speak to bears, generally they're... Oh. You don't need to be as okay. afraid of them as as normal people. I'm picking bears because they're like my favorite animal. Not because I think conversation with them would be particularly useful. 
I very, very just, I very much dig them. That is, that is actually the only reason. Yeah. Not based in any kind of practicality, but I love is- the idea of being able to actually be like, Grizzly Bear, can you tell me a little bit about what goes through your mind when you're trying to catch salmon swimming upstream? <laughs> That's yeah. fucking yeah. fascinating. And I want to yeah. know, like, do you think of it as sushi? Like, is this, <laughs> does it taste different to you from you know? different streams? Like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, think that's fascinating. Or like, time to hibernate. Do you just like get sleepy? Polar bears being like, do you just cover up your nose? Because the, it's the only non-white thing on your body when you're hunting because it gets cold? Or do you More, know yeah. that, it, that it doesn't blend in with everything else? Morgan, would do you, you tell like, polar bears how much money Coke owes them? And if so, what would you do next? I don't think I just tell them because that sounds like a missed opportunity. But I think that I would probably build a relationship where eventually I could represent them in some sort of legal sense and then stand by to gain something myself. You would make yourself indispensable to the polar bears first. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the nature of being able to communicate with them seals like the indispensable part pretty quickly (laughs) i just mean that like i would want to befriend them in a way so that they would feel good about financially rewarding me to get their just desserts from coca-cola yeah nobody's character has ever been in the question section before and it's really nice to meet eugene this is really cool (laughs) (laughs) anybody else got an animal that comes to mind turtles Turtles. Turtles. And and I mean this like is, I'm just asking, I am just asking, what is your favorite animal? Yeah, and, and that's, that's fine. Thing, right? Like yeah. it is my favorite animal. Yeah. They are far and away my favorite animal. But also, thinking about the questions that I could ask a turtle, they've been alive for so long. Like, what is time to them? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Would be really interesting to find out. Um I hear a turtle's voice in my head as being very slow. Yeah, okay. I mean <laughs> that seems <laughs> Do we think of them like the sloth in in like uh, Zootopia? Is that is essentially what we think every turtle is like? They're just like an aqua version of that. Yes. I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember which animated series has the like Turtle Island God featured as a character, like that Japanese uh, Isn't it Avatar? deity. It is Avatar, right? Is it? There's a couple of things. They have, they have lion never, turtles, the, I think. Right? Thank you. The never yes, ending thank story you, is a turtle god. Yeah, yeah, but like lion turtles. That's kind of how I imagine the voice, like that deep, bassy, mm-hmm. otherworldly kind of thing. Well, well grounded, well grounded yeah, and, a turtle, I imagine. And like, I'm not that fast, so I could definitely keep up to them for a conversation. They're not going to hurt me. I'm so much bigger. Mm-hmm. It, I would feel very comfortable. Absolutely. Ben, want to play uh, one answer honestly instead of playing on old tropes? Yeah, I'll play easy softball, um, so to speak. Gorillas. Uh, I would love to talk with a gorilla, much in the same vein as Morgan's uh, response. My my main question would surround uh, their butts. They like to show their butts to yeah, establish right. dominance, and I would want to know what what they're thinking, like why that works. The big questions. Yeah. yeah. And also, like when I do it, it doesn't work that well. Can you give right, me some exactly what, how can I do it better? Right. Yeah. When I do it yeah. in public, <laughs> immediately arrested. Um, but um, I'm I'm in a similar space. Um, uh, gorillas. If I was, I, I guess gorillas. If I was picking one, but I think maybe I'm lumping all great apes together. Like I would love wow. to be able to speak to orangutans and chimpanzees yeah. as well. Sure. And if I had to pick one, 
it's gorillas or orangutans, though I, I'm like most interested in chimpanzees because they live in the largest um, groups and their politics and their social structure is the most interesting, which I think is the thing that I'd most like to hear about. But mm -hmm. if I'm going for a conversation on like vibe level with a great ape, it's, it's orangutans. It's orangutans yeah, for, sure. for sure. sure. Well, they're the yeah. spiritual and governmental leaders of the apes. Yes. Orangutans. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only, well as far as, well, chimpanzees too have doctorates, but I, you know, obviously most of the orangutan council has, uh, are doctors. Yeah. I mean, well, you said spiritual as well. So it's a theocracy among the great. Well, yeah. I mean, well, no, for sure. I mean, because all of their laws are dictated by the great lawgiver. <laughs> Am I the only person here who's seen Planet of the Apes? What, what's going on? That's right. That's right. That's right. No, this is all never... easily researchable, Sam. They all have British accents. <laughs> they really fucked They're... up the Statue of Liberty. And they would not like They're you. They're all imperialists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Will Harold? Yeah, um, I think dogs for practicality. I mean, it would just be really great to be able to like yeah. figure out what the fuck is wrong with my dog and um, yeah. talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that a more romantic answer is like a, a, a giant squid because they're like uh, they live in so many different oh, zones sure. of the ocean. They go super yeah. deep. They go towards the surface. They've been like fighting whales and sharks forever. Like they've got they've and got some cool stories really are hitting both ends of the practicality spectrum because like <laughs> apart from dinosaurs, mm -hmm. I can't think of an animal that is harder to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> like they're very difficult to track down. We've taken like so few yeah. pictures of them. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there I, that, I, that one video a few years back where it's just the eye and the yeah. window? It's so yeah. And then it going. eats the camera and it's just like, mm, yeah. whoops. There's a, giant, <laughs> there's a giant squid like uh, that's been, uh, I, I don't know. Menacing. It, there's a giant squid that's been menacing. Yep. Lurking. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to <laughs> menacing, say. Menacing, like uh, Watching. It's, waiting. it's on display at the Smithsonian Institution uh, in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I guess menacing maybe is the phrase. But interestingly <laughs> enough, um, if it's menacing, it's also shrunk like two or three feet um, since it's been there, um, because their preservation techniques back in like the sixties or seventies, whenever they put it there, uh, were far inferior to what we have today, but they don't think they can crack it back open and redo it without spoiling it entirely. So really? There's like, so there's this giant squid on exhibit at the Smithsonian Institution. It's like when you walk in, it is literally straight ahead in the first big lobby atrium and it's I've seen flat, it. like across and the tank like looks like it has like a foot or two on either side where you're like oh are they worried about it growing it's actually because it's shrinking <laughs> so it's gigantic and still not to its full size yeah that's correct yeah Jeez, it's like i think man. i think it's like 13 or 14 feet reservation oh. it. Yeah, just must just soak it in some burnett's vodka it'll be fine <laughs> 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 it'll, it'll, it'll pop right back out to shape and put yeah, in some third that's value. Yeah, no problem. Rudy. Um, it's not my favorite animal, but definitely the one I'm most interested in learning how to communicate with on its terms is uh parakeets, the common parakeet. Uh they um are able to mimic thousands of of words that humans say um in multiple languages and I, I i talked to you about this one sam i really got down a rabbit hole with a, a a budgie parakeet that was named disco 
that died a mm-hmm. few years ago is famous for saying I'm not a crook. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. I was watching this this animal, you, this bird. You, I just want to I just want to put a uh, pause there and just say, yeah. Re- one day I got a bunch of YouTube videos of this, thing. <laughs> and but, I can can confirm that Rudy fell down a rabbit hole, and and I was like holding the line for him and also started getting pulled into it. (laughs) But so I was very, very moved by these videos because I was watching. It's very clear that this bird is trying to communicate with its owner and has gone through a lot of trouble to learn the sounds that its owner makes in an effort to communicate with. Like there would be no reason for it to make those sounds in the wild it's doing it only because it that's what it hears the bigger birds saying um so i would be curious to try and since they go to the trouble of trying to learn how to communicate with us i would like to figure out how to communicate with them on their terms yeah that makes sense to me i like i like we got a bit of a spectrum from favorite animals to you know more practical and then curious as to what they're thinking all right. Well, speaking of squids, um, that wolf turned into a closet in our last session. Yes, it did. Seamless as always. You've defeated Horba and are now battling her two hench closets, if you will, who were in the shape of wolves when you walked into the room and were also invisible. Now, I believe Leighton is the only person who has succumbed in any way to the lingering effects of the quasit venom, which is a poison, an affliction. And other than that, we're ready to rip. Now, because the last wolf attacked the professor at the end of the session, it took some damage. And I want to know what's going on with that professor what is the spell that's active right now on the on the on the wolf well i think you should roll a knowledge check <laughs> this is not, in, this is not yeah, information that once. creature would have oh them apples <laughs> how's that taste doesn't taste doesn't taste good tastes a little unsatisfying um sure rudy we can do that. Also, what's the spell? <laughs> would you, what's would the you spell? rather I just explain it to you? I want to know what's going on. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the people that... at home want to know what's going on. And also, I want to read the spell, see if you're doing this right. I am doing it right. <laughs> so you can <laughs> shove off on me. that one. I, I am doing it right. You, you, you failed, and I'm doing it right. Well, that settles it. <laughs> Drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> How much damage has he taken? Rudy, Rudy just what, is the, tell what is the scam? It, it only took one What's the spell? damage. No, What's because spell? It, will, it will screw with the way you play, and there's only going to be one <laughs> chance that we do this where you don't know how it works. Amazing. Got it. That's fine. Place. Will you share the spell you've cast with one of the other players just so you have somebody else's eyes on the language of the spell? Do you mind doing that? Certainly. All right, cool. You then know. I am happy to stay in the jar. Cole, you know what the spell is, right? You would have to send me the name. I'll text it to you right now. Cool. But you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying, Sam? I'm not trying to be a dick about it. Like, honestly, it's like the well, one time. I'm, I'm going to push back a little this. bit on not trying to be a dick about it. But um, I will say that I am fine with playing it this way. And the next person up in the lineup is Andruk. Andruk, what are you going to do? You're in the corner down in the southeast corner of the room. Leighton on your left, the professor to your north, and a wolf just next to you as well. Yeah, I mean, let's see if it has an attack of opportunity because I'm going to run, try to run 25 feet away to the north end of the room. Five, 
10, 15, 20, 25. Oh, yeah. You get out of there. It does not attack, does not have an attack of opportunity. Great. Yeah, so Andruk runs to the northern side of the room, just next to where Horba's trident and shield would be. Hmm. Um, well, I was just going to take a shot at the, is this the, the lower closet or the mm -hmm. westerly closet yeah. um, with my bow. The westerly closet standing about 10 feet away from Layton on the south wall of the room. It's a 26. Th that Close is it. a hit. Great. Uh, it's five damage. Five points of damage to the closet. Uh, going to attack one more time. Go for it. Uh, it's going to be 23. 23. That is another hit. That's a hot six points of damage. Hot six. A hot six. Andruk, that is your turn. The professor, you're up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the professor is um, going to uh, produce flame at our uh, little demonic friend down there. Not demonic. What? It, what is it again? Sorry. Uh, the, what is the, the closet? Yeah, the, yeah, the closet. Yes, they are demons. So the professor, uh, you know, rubs his hands together looking at the closet and says, ah, it seems like my last little spell worked based on its confusion and it hurting itself. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'll try this now. And he uh, produces flame. Roll d20 for the attack roll. And are you attacking the wolf next to you or the closet down on the south wall that was just hit by Andruk? Oh, holy cow, there's a wolf right next to me. There's a wolf uh, right next to you. Oh, dear me. Dear, dear me. Uh, well, let's hit the wolf then. Oh, that's a critical hit. All right. Oh, oh. oh. Rudy, oh Rudy rolled in the system publicly, rolling D20, 20 on the die. That is a critical, <laughs> critical, critical, critical success. Oh, yeah, baby. So that mm -hmm. is 2D4s. Uh, actually, no, it's um because we're heightened now. It's 4D4s. You're heightened. You heightened. Yeah, it. the cantrip is heightened to half of our level. Oh, so. excellent. Mm -hmm. And the uh, and I just so everyone knows the plus one is increase the damage by one d four. So that would mean on a critical I would roll four d four instead of two d four, right? Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it Crazy. legit. Keeping it legit, dude. He he is so a professor is... of magic. <laughs> so that is uh. I believe 14 points of damage. Yes. 14 points that is 14 of damage. points of damage. And then uh, he will also take, uh, uh, that is to say, uh, a 4D, uh, 44 of uh, persistent fire damage as well. On a crit. Uh, yes. Because it says in the persistent damage, our critical hit by 1D4. So For sure. So, so you are adjacent uh, to this wolf. Oh, that's a shame for the wolf. The, the, the persistent, the persistent, I don't think would double on a on a crit, but you okay. are adjacent to this wolf. You produce flame at it. Tell me what it looks oh. like when you reduce this wolf to cinders. So, so, so the professor was going to send the flames at the closet, and then all of a sudden, just feels like the. Um, the breath of the wolf on the back of his neck and like turns around and it's like does the old you know because he's so short he's like looking at the wolf's legs then looks straight up into its head in its face and just goes ah! and uh, without thinking sends the flames directly into the wolf's mouth incinerating it from the inside out 
Yeah, and that persistent fire damage will persist on the corpse of the wolf that you have created. <laughs> yes. Hooray. Good. Whew. Excellent. Give a nice big red X on that wolf. Woohoo. And uh, the professor will uh, use the uh, rest of his turn to uh, try and get over here. Does this uh, table count as difficult terrain, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. You might want to just move around it. I see. Okay, I'll go this way then. All right. So Professor moves into the further into the room, yes. away from the eastern wall, into the center, close to the hearthstone and the brewing equipment. Yeah, he's making a beeline for the brewing equipment. Making a beeline for the brewing <laughs> equipment. It is this Quasit's turn. It just saw you kill its friend, but Andrew oh, hit it with some arrows. So it is going to move to here and lash out at Andruk. That is a miss on its first attack. Second attack, hoping for a really high roll here. Didn't get it. That's a 16 to hit. (laughs) It's a miss. That's a miss. That's a move, an attack, and an attack. This closet is all alone in the room with a bunch of murderers and knows it. It is Sven's turn. Sven is standing 10 feet away from the closet. I don't think this closet has long left on this world. Yeah, it's bad guy time. I'm gonna step up to it and double swing. Steps up. That will be a 24 to hit. 25. Wow. 25 is a hit. Yeah. 25 is a hit. Roll the second attack. Okay. Uh, 17 to hit. 17 to hit. You are flanking with the professor. Uh Uh-huh. But a 17 is a hit no matter what. Yeah! Wow. Bonk. Roll it all here. Roll all that damage as one. (laughs) Nice. Uh, That will be 16 points of damage. Goodbye. Good night, closet. Hooray! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I thought we were. I thought that was going to take a little bit longer than it did, but oh yeah, my god! Like we done that at the end of the last episode, huh? <laughs> yeah, we could have. We could have. More fun this way. More fun this way. So, um, people who are in the room, give me some perception checks. Rolling. Ooh, that's a good one for Eugene. He's feeling super perceptive with a twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. I'll be at twenty-one. 17. 17. 19. Wait, can we we now learn what spell Rudy cast? Oh, yes. So in game, the professor, you know, is poking around by the brewing equipment, kind of poking, looking down into the thing, see if there's any yeast floating around in there, and turns back to the party with his little thumbs hooked into his west coat and says, yes, uh, a brilliant move on my own part, if I do say so myself, and, uh, Kind of pokes at his nose with his index finger and says, "Ah, a little spell I picked up along the way called Warrior's Regret. What that quasit didn't know was that every time it attacked one of us and intentionally damaged us, it would hurt itself with its own regret. The only way it couldn't have hurt itself was if it had not intentionally damaged any of us for the rest of the day because it failed its save. Uh, oldest Rudy. trick in the book. Oldest Rudy. trick in the book. D. Galvan. Getting some mileage out of save or suck spells. Love 
to see it. Thank you all. Now, I believe the highest roll on those perception checks went to Eugene. Eugene, <laughs> this makes sense because you are standing about 10 feet away from the door, which is still hanging ajar. And you go, shh. And then everyone can start to hear it. You hear scraping and shuffling in the hallway behind you and some scratches. Oh. And it's kind of a staccato rhythm. It's not just a shh. It's like there's a creature moving quickly and then slowly, quickly and then slowly coming down the hallway. Eugene, what do you do? We all hear it. We all hear I've already told the group to listen to this. We all hear it. You have shared that information with the group. Do I have access to a door right there just to the east of me? There is a door immediately to the east of you, yeah. Eugene's going to run over to it. He's going to try and fucking lock it, barricade it however he can. And he's going to ask the team for some help. He's going to be like, well, I very much do not want to see what's on the other side of this, fellas. And then he's going <laughs> to slam the door shut and start fucking throwing chairs in front of it. Yeah, absolutely. And we had not determined if that door opens in or out. We had so determined. Morgan, give me a give me a luck roll, all right? Okay. Highs, uh, highs the door, highs the door swings the way you want it to. Lows the door swings the way I want it to. I'm just gonna tell you what's on the <laughs> die. It's a 17. 17 door swings the way you want it to. Cowabunga. Which I imagine, <laughs> given your description, is in to the room. Yeah, yeah. We do not. Want- Osha's yeah, gonna be yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. furious with us. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. So that perception check was called on by me, so I'm not going to charge anybody an action for it. Sven, Eugene got a higher perception check than you did. We're still in initiative order right now. I'm just going to drop you down one from him because I don't think you would have done anything prior. So I want to stay in initiative order. I don't want to attack Sven a turn. Sven, I'm going to drop you one below Eugene there in initiative order. Eugene, Show me where you move to close that door and tell me what you do with your other actions. Yeah, so- or your I mean, other action, because I think that's gonna be a move and interact with the door. And I'll say you can reach that chair that is on the map if you wanna start propping it up in front of it. And I think that sounds like a turn, just for, yeah. for example. Because I have two chairs, right? There's a chair to my west and a chair to my south. Mm-hmm. I think he grabs both them before moving. And then he takes one of them and props it up under the handle, the classic door thing, prop, propping action we all know. But then he takes, if you look at the distance, right, he's going to take the other chair and put it flat on the ground so that the head of the chair, the thing that touches the upper part of your back, is touching mm-hmm. the chair that's propped against the door. And then the feet of that chair should reach the table. Oh. This sounds like something that you might need a little bit of assistance with. That's a good okay. doorstop. Okay. It does sound like a good doorstop, but I think you're not going to be able to do it all in one turn. I'm going to say you're going to be able to grab... Eugene's pretty good with chairs. Mm-hmm. What he might not be taken into account. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't really been thinking about that. Yeah, on my skill sheet, I'm like a plus yeah. eight with chair. Yeah. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm going to say that you can both grab the chair as an interact action, close the door 
as an interact action, Fair. move to close the door as a move action, okay. and prop that chair underneath the handle because you're so good with chairs. You're yeah, a that makes action sense. prop. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, they all free laugh. Action, free action prop. Your team. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. who's smart Actually, for taking the chair salesman feet? <laughs> Hero <laughs> point for Sam for figuring that out. So I'll be able to re-roll any roll that I want in the coming episode. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> Sven, it is now your turn. What do you want to do? Well, at first I saw Eugene struggling, but then just really whipped his mastery in control and <laughs> really looks like he's got it locked down. Uh, almost literally. I've never seen um, Eugene with this much purpose. <laughs> yeah, he is just musical in his movement uh, with that chair. Uh, that said, Sven is going to step uh, so he can smash the ankles of whatever comes through the door. Uh, okay. He's going to prepare an action uh, and will strike whatever comes through next. Okay, so Sven, not good with chairs, not helping Horrible with, with chairs, Eugene's... Adverse to them, yeah. Yeah, because I imagine Eugene was like, now all someone needs to do is prop that one with the part of the chair where your lower back goes. And if you wedge that here, it's going to be up against the table. And but spend no way. I'm, I'm chopping ankles. I'm chopping ankles. Yep. Excellent. Glad to understand it. Glad to be here for Throw it. Throw what you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll call it the end of round uh, three, top of round four. But really, it's just Leighton's turn in this room where you're bracing a door and Sven is getting ready to hit shit. Leighton looks over at Eugene and, ah, brilliant, Eugene, brilliant. Um, and he's going to scuttle, like, under the table on his back like a mechanic under a car and start mm -hmm. hauling at the leg to try and slam it on an angle into the chair that Eugene has set up to lock it in place. Absolutely, absolutely. And as Leighton lands that leg, braced against the table, you feel a slam against the door. Chunk. Ghouls. The brace holds. Oh, phew. Holy cow. The brace holds. Do we smell Andrew, anything? Andrew, it's your turn. Pardon me? Yeah. Do we smell anything? I think I might need a perception check for something like that. I'm happy to do a perception check for something like that. Absolutely. Are you going to do it from there? Uh, Yeah, I am. I rolled in a two on the die anyway, so it's 11. Okay. So Leighton, from under the table in his mechanics position, says... Did someone smell something? And then Andrew from <laughs> oh no, right next 15 to the feet ovens. away from the door. Yeah, right next to the oven. Fifteen feet away from the door. Making bread. No. Not getting anything. Not getting anything right now. No. All right. So Andrew, that's your first action is uh, to to perceive to no. seek. Oh, I didn't realize that was going to be an action. But yeah. all right. What's your second action? All right. So I think Drew's going to say, you know, there's there's two there's two doors in here, um, and he's going to run over to the western door and uh, lean on the generosity of the DM to GM, excuse me, to um, let me uh, close the door once I arrive there after two move actions. Uh, okay, so you're, you're saying you're saying perception check, move, move, and I'm going to Free say action, close door. that that door was already closed. Great. Giga clue. I will give us a thumbs up from the west side. Yeah. <laughs> the professor it is your turn the doors to the room are closed let me say this also Andruk, you could have seen that that door was closed even with a three perception would you still have gone over if you knew that it was closed or did you want to brace it as well i wanted to brace it 
Okay, that cool. was what I was going to do. My th my third action was going to be that. Okay, cool. So yeah, you you already know it's closed. You grab a chair on your way over there. You are also bracing a door. That makes a lot of Great. sense to me. The professor, it's your turn. Uh, so we're getting out of here, right? For bracing the door. Currently, both doors are braced, which would indicate oh. that you are hunkering down. Oh. The professor kicks through the well-constructed brace. <laughs> what's, what's this doing here? My is a fire hazard. <laughs> we'll never be able to get out with this. Someone is trying to get in, and I can't believe you no, being no, someone no, welcome. No, 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 no. This is how you open a door. <laughs> um, all right, so we're hunkering down. Andruk's setting up at the other door, ready to fight. Um, already in action. The professor that that readies still happens in two action. You can ready. It takes two actions to ready an action, and I just need to know the trigger. Uh, if uh, something comes uh, bursting through either door, yonder, or yonder, or where Eugene's braced, or where Andruk is braced. All right, that'll trigger your action. Got it. Yes, it will. Eugene, it's your turn. You've yeah. been bracing, and I am happy to give you one round of pounding at the door without a roll because I liked the way that you played that. But now if you want to enhance or reinforce what you're doing, talk to me about what you want to roll to determine the success of that or the effectiveness of that. Um... I have maybe a different idea. Sure. At asking for permission if I'm allowed to. Let's, fi let's figure it out. What if Eugene wants to to move? Okay. So he's going to go... Um, yeah. So what if Eugene wants to go take a 5, 10, 15 step motion to there mm -hmm. and then cast grease on all these squares right here in front of the door all the squares right there in front of the door yeah so I think and I need help with this because technically grease says um, area of four continuous five foot squares or one object of bulk So, am I allowed to target Here's the deal. Go ahead. The last time we played this, I ruled very confidently with the language of the Pathfinder 1 spell, which says it's a 10-foot square. This spell is 10-foot continuous. And I... Or, uh, or rather, four um, contiguous 5-foot squares. Right. Four contiguous 5-foot squares. That doesn't mean a square. That means you get to place that grease in four contiguous squares. Amazing. Because that was, as long as it doesn't have to be a square square, what I want to do is from the door, I want to use, and I'm open. You want to create a slip and slide. Yes, I do. I'm open to suggestion <laughs> here, teammates. But I'm thinking from the door, the three squares west I'm going to say this. Uh, one Eugene square. is the only person making this decision. So Okay, um, fine. I want, I want to do it like the Tetris shape. That's the three and a one. So it's um, the three squares dead west of the door. 
as well as the one square that is north of the middle of the three squares. Yes, absolutely. I wish I knew Tetris better because I'm sure that there are Tetris folks out there who are just like, oh, yeah, that is the. Yeah, he's talking about a, a left sided polyhedron or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so I am going to just draw that with a couple of quadrilaterals there. That yeah. is the greased area, correct? Yes, that's what I want. And if that happens, then that's Eugene's turn because grease is a two action spell. So that grease is, is the word. All right, so I'm going to say <laughs> that on, that come on, come on, uh, that come that get us, fucker! <laughs> impactful, Sven. I'm going to give you a free perception check because I'm asking for it. Amazing. Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Twenty-two is enough to see Eugene move away, wave his hands. There's a sheen that hits the floor, and you see that it is underneath the braced chair, and it is starting to go. That's okay. what I was worried about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think that if this door is pounded upon again, it's going to spring open pretty quickly. Uh, seeing that, seeing uh, this, Ben, uh, is there is there any like distinct timing to the the hits against it? so far for that i'm gonna need a perception check that costs you an action that's fine oh my god so greedy uh 24 24 i'll tell you this 24 that's a, that's a very good roll if there is something else that you would rather roll to determine that i don't know profession music or something like that you you, you can but uh perception doesn't have rhythm yeah, no worries. So perception. Yeah, I might study this. Uh, perception 24, you think that you are getting a rhythm of the timing here. Do-doom, do-doom, cool. do-doom. And if you, ready, if you ready in action, uh, according to this timing, I will give you a plus two on uh, your first attack swing. Uh, sweet, yeah. And so let's roll that then. I think of this as like adjacent to an aid action in which what Morgan is doing impacted what you were trying to do and will ultimately be helpful because of that perception check. So I am very into this right now. Yes, I do have one question. Um, Shoot. My initial plan was to time it with the thumping of it and then swing open the door at the next expected thump thus having this thing spill ass into the room and hopefully end up prone because it's all greasy. Got it. So right now, the way I'm picturing it is you're checking the thumbs, you're watching the underside of that chair creep out into the room Uh and you're like, this is going to give in three, two, one. And then you're going to swing on an upright enemy coming through the door. Cole, I see you getting excited about something. Yeah, I think Leighton is just on the ground looking at all of this happening and goes, I got it, Sven. I got it. Swing away. And I'm saying like, I can I can get it out of the way, Ben, so that I can time it the way you're thinking because I'm yeah. totally with you here. <laughs> okay. Oh <my> <laughs> okay. So. Lamb and bam, baby. So you're, you're, you're saying thunk, thunk, thunk. And you're watching that chair leg creep a little further, creep a little further, creep a little further. 
Now, the mechanics of initiative right now are there are two ghouls that are going to act between Svend and Leighton. I'm going to roll strength checks for both of them to see the effectiveness of them hurtling themselves at this door that they are trying to get through. Correct me if I'm wrong, Professor also has a readied action uh, with whatever comes through the door he's going to blast. The, pro- the Professor does have a readied action that will materialize if the door is opened. If we get all the way around to Leighton's turn at the top of round five, what you want to have happen is going to occur. And otherwise, the door is going to open and you are going to have a plus two to attack, but they are not, the first one is not going to be immediately prone. Sure. Does that make sense to everybody? Excellent. Mm -hmm. Athletics check for the first ghoul. That's not going to cut it. Athletics check for the second ghoul. Hold, baby, hold. Also, not going to cut it. Oh, that's a shame. That's a The door has held despite the grease. Uh, And like Han Solo thrown it to light speed, Leighton just says, way to keep together, baby, and then kicks the shit out of this leg, um, breaking the barrier. At the perfect moment in time, breaking the barrier, the door flies open. The ghoul comes stumbling into the room. I'm gonna give it a penalty on this reflex save to fall. So here's the question. Ben, do you picture this ghoul falling before you swing? Is that now the plan? Or do you wanna swing on it as soon as the door pops open and it, it comes within range? Uh, I'm gonna swing at it regardless if it's up or down, I guess. Whenever. But it's like a clothesline, or are you like, you know, you should like wait for it to fall. Down. So it's yeah, no, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna wait for it to hit the ground. Yeah, you're gonna wait for it to either hit the ground or hit it where catch it its is. feet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Overhead off of swing. It, what I'm going for. Off of its turn, it's going to make this check because I imagine it's still just slamming into the door, slamming into the door, slamming into the door, and Leighton catching that. Okay, so we're going to do a reflex save. Reflex is pretty good for them, but given the timing, I'm going to give them, I mean, geez, Louise, I think that that's a minus two would be standard. I think given the way everything worked out, we got to go minus four on this. Minus four. Minus 10. Minus 10. Yeah, no, not minus 10, but split the difference six. Yeah, I like that. I'll even take that. I'll take six. Yeah, if I can start getting hero points, then we can start talking about minus sixes and minus tens. I rolled well on that one. That is a natural 18. It passes. Well, I think it passes. Rudy, or Eugene, what is the spell save DC for that grease? How thick is that grease? How greasy is that grease? My spell DC 17. 17. I hit it with a natural 18. Even with that minus four, still in the positive, it stays on its feet. Ben, you do get a plus two to your swing. Nice. We'll take that. Fuck yeah. Swing. Uh, that's going to be, uh, 25 to hit. 25 is a hit. (laughs) Yeah. Righty. Hitting it for, ooh, nearly max damage. Uh, but that will be 11 points. 
11, 11 points. points of damage? Oh, my goodness. Is that with two dice, man? Uh, Magic oh, weapon. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm just swinging with the hammer because I can only ready one action. The hammer is magical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, it doubles the dice? Yes. Holy shit, okay. I thought it only was a plus uh, to damage. That's amazing. Um, no, it, it's cool. We haven't talked about this since last section, so it no, makes sense. It was like a month ago, so uh, uh, let's see. Uh, you mean a week, Ben? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, seven days. <laughs> seven days since you recorded the last episode. Um, uh, that'll be now be twenty-five points of damage. Twenty-five points of damage. Yep. Well, I ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm no, sorry. sorry. I, I fucked that up. Uh, I kept it right. Yeah, Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-one points of damage. Sorry. Twenty-one. 21 points of damage fucking a man i wish that made enough of a difference listeners at home morgan type ben's gotta listen to the podcast sad face in the group chat <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> oh my god in the funeral because that's the only time you'll get me in the same room as that shit oh my god absolutely useless fucking member of the team <laughs> Gets oh my a hero God. point. Yeah, everyone's got a place. Gets a hero point for absolutely crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. Ben, hero point. hero point. That, not, Big no insult, small reward. No consolation for murdering the first ghoul as it comes through the door in one of our first one shot, one kill. Well done, Ben. Well done. Easy. E- All right. Here we come. <laughs> Is it even worth doing the next one, Sam? Yeah, they can concede if they want. We, we would take a concession if that's something. Yeah, let's just get the XP and keep moving, I think. <laughs> uh, you this one is a story by so this is more of a grind than it is an actual combat. So yeah. <laughs> fours in the forest, fours in the forest. We know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just gonna go hunting for a couple of weeks. Uh, can I take the rest of my turn? Uh, Leighton can take Absolutely the rest of not. his turn. Sven is going to move in the initiative order. Leighton, it is your turn. Okay, cool. you have so two I have more two actions. actions. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I still gonna... cannot believe this, but I am absolutely picturing you on one of those like little scooter boards. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, from from <laughs> PE class in elementary school, as you slide around here like you're a mechanic. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like a little cushion of air, like the storm is trapped underneath him, and he's just kind of scooting around on his butt, kicking up mm-hmm. the grease. Um, Layton is going to scoot his head out over the grease, see two more ghouls down the hallway point and say professor get ready to start blasting here they come uh and cast an electric arc can i get a reflex save from both of them please yeah casting from his back reflex save. that's gonna be a 13 for the four ghoul fail nice and a 28 from the aft uh nine and four four and a good good damage there dude good damage and that is Leighton's turn as he curls up and hopes they attack Sven first 
Whew, my goodness. My goodness indeed. That's that is awesome. Sven's turn, Leighton's turn. He curls the... up in hopes. Leighton lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The ghoul in the back is going to come 5, 10, 15 feet into the room. See the first creature it can attack. That is Sven. We're going to swing out. Is it going to make a reflex save? Certainly going to make a reflex save. Grease, see grease. Aren't we having fun? Layton's at eye level. He really, he's very aware of that grease. That is an 18, which just saves. So, comes into the room, catches itself, sees Sven immediately next to it. 21 to hit. Uh, that will hit. That will hit as its jaws gnash out at you. Seven points of damage. And Oof. I am going to need two fortitude saves. Oh boy. Two fortitude. That seems greedy. Uh one will fail. A ten. A ten. Yep. And then a fifteen. A ten and a fifteen. Yes, and both fail. Really not ideal. The first fails. And spend right now. You feel okay. Oh okay. no. And on the second, you feel those teeth bite into you and your body begins to lock up and you fight through it and you are not paralyzed. Nice. That's good. That's very good. If we can drop in the chat that Ben has been infected with a disease, I would appreciate it. I'll be good looking. Coming in with the next claw. Natural three. That's a miss. Next up in the initiative order is Andruk away over on the western wall, holding that door. Andruk, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I think Druk sees his friends in trouble, and I think is especially worried about Leighton, so he's going to um, charge back over to the table and um, attempt to heal Leighton with battle medicine. I'm helpless and soft. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna, how how much how much movement does it take to get over there? You're moving all the way across the room. Did you? Uh, forty-five is what I saw, and my movement speed is thirty. Forty-five is what you saw, so that's going to be two movements, and then you've got to kind of. I mean, he's under that table right now, and you are on the far side of it, so you are going to get under it. I'm going to say that you can get to him, and then you kind of got to duck and interact. With Can like I get here? Like, would that make it easier? Yes. If you swing around to the south of the table, you've got the movement speed. Yes. And I think that is honestly more the way that you would go. Cool. Um, yeah, you've definitely got that there. And you are adjacent to it. Will, right. can you heal me again, though? Because I know you did in the last fight. Did I? Yeah. Like the last fight, as in like uh, um, against the Quasits and the Cook or the last or fight? The- yeah, because you hit yeah, me the last 20, 20 something points. Okay. Never mind then. I am still helpless and soft. I appreciate the attention though. Yeah. Andruk, does that change what you would have done? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reset. I think that Druk will get at the end. How about this? I'll, I'll stand next to the professor and I will take um, a shot at the ghoul. Take a shot at the ghoul. Rip it, brother. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh. Oh, I just fucking broke everything. All, all your uh, just shattered. 
All my just, dice just are shattered. Broken. <laughs> uh, it's a 22 to hit. That's a hit. Woof! Uh, it's only four points of damage, though. This is okay. Decent, decent. Mr. Um, Harold, we'll be putting a $10,000 charge to your credit. Uh, it seems you broke everything in the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my last action is going to be used to tell the professor, Light him up, Doc! Um, so you got guidance <laughs> for your next uh, next spell. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, my goodness. That's right. The professor had readied an action, but Rudy, what you had intended to do was cast a spell, which is a two-action deal. So you couldn't do that. You ended up basically uh, holding your turn until it was next your turn. The professor... So I get three actions? You get three actions. Splendid, splendid. And uh, the professor will cast... A flaming, uh, no, he's gonna cast harm. He shall cast harm at the ghoul. Casting harm at the ghoul. And a good job of it, too. Mm hmm. So that's five points of damage to the ghoul. All right, uh, five points of damage from harm. And, Professor, is that negative energy damage? Yes, unfortunately, it is. Okay, so I'm just gonna add a tight five points to the ghoul's. Hit points as it is healed by negative energy. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. Shut he up, doesn't Sam. mind. He That's doesn't mind. The team is Rudy on. In fact, he is a willing participant I, in this. <laughs> so what's the even said? Light them up, Doc. <laughs> you darked them down. He darked them down. He darked them. Yeah, he darked. Well, the down. only one action thing I have left is to cast harm on them as to touch spell. <laughs> the professor pushes <laughs> over. He's like, that didn't work. Maybe I need to get closer. Slips in the grease, falls on his ass, heals them more. Just this ghoul just sitting there like, yeah, turn. yeah, that's right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Me. I have one action left, and I will be using a my sling to hit the ghoul. You got to draw that sling, brother. You'll be drawing that sling with that last action. Fuck off, dude. Please. <laughs> please please oh, get fucked uh that is the professor's turn he heals Sorry, the ghoul in that front was for a, five points that of was real bad <laughs> but but fortunately everyone ran in and told me after the turn was over <laughs> tight it, it did not seem to be an unknown piece of information, but... It's kind of the point of six autonomous people doing six separate things, Rudy. I don't know, No, dude. no, no. I think... I No, no. It's you can, you can tell someone on the team they're fucking up. No, no, that's a good point, Rudy. There's no one to blame but everyone else. Um, this is how I... It has helped me cope through 33 years of life, and it will help me cope for another 33. <laughs> This is why oh, I yeah. find this room so supportive. It's yeah, really yeah. just how everybody else takes the blame. Yeah, you learn <laughs> tools that you can use for 33 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eugene, it's your turn. The professor has drawn, drawn a sling and uh, like Christ gone over to the other side. <laughs> no, Eugene Eugene sees him do, do that and clocks it. Um, <laughs> oh, great. This is going to be a multi-episode story arc <laughs> <laughs> he makes a mental note. He sees it. Files that away. He's Got it. Put that <laughs> in the back of the think bank. Uh, and then Eugene is going to cast Produce Flame. 
And he's going to Oh, would party. you say he's going to light it up? <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. And he's going to target our little ghoulie friend. So I'm going to roll a spell attack. And Sam, you better hope that your spell DCs, excuse me, AC is uh, extremely good. Yeah, most of those words I know independently. <laughs> you don't need to know any of them, honestly. You, you can just honestly just say that I'm about to burst your shit into fucking a million flames. <laughs> you can just say that I'm going to burst your shit into flames in a million pieces, you son of a gun. Holy cow, you don't even know what's coming down to here. Boop, boop, choo, choo. Here comes the Railroad of Pain flame. The most beautiful part is that I just rolled a natural one. <laughs> yeah. That was coming. That was coming. Earned. It's, a, uh, it's sincerely, I rolled a one. Did I saw the story? Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, looking what, what right now. What happens when you roll a one? I think Eugene lights his fucking feet on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he gives himself a hot foot. I think he's like so paranoid about not stepping in the grease and lighting the grease on fire that he's looking down at his feet and he's just like, wow! <laughs> burns himself a little. He's looking at exactly where he doesn't want to hit. Exactly. Like he's like, okay, I just got to watch out for my feet because they're pretty close to the grease. As long as they, as they don't hit there, then everything, you know, everything else is totally fine. It's just zap. <laughs> You've got one action left, Eugene. Do you do anything with it? Yeah, one action is so tough. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I was really hoping that this one would go better. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Eugene's Eugene's not gonna do anything. He's literally gonna look at the team and be like, "Guys, I'm gonna focus up, and I'll be good in a second. And that's it. <laughs> yep. It is now the other ghoul in the hallway's turn. The ghoul's in the hall? And I'm going to be honest, I I just have a feeling that he is going to run into the room and biff it very hard. I feel like the dice that I've been rolling are, are just due for a serious fuck up. And I don't know if that feeling will transfer over to the online roller that D20 offers, but I'm gonna see what happens. And I'm gonna roll this reflex save to get through the grease on the table. Hopefully he heals us. There it is. That's a natural five. That is a fail. <laughs> and so, goal number three comes snarling into the room, moves directly past the ghoul that just attacked Sven and falls ass over tea kettle right in front of Leighton. Do I get uh, attack of opportunity? You do get an attack of opportunity. Yeah, Wait, has it, has it been your... Yeah, it was your turn and you will have a reaction that has reset. We are again going to do the meteor as you have fallen to earth, my young ghoul friend. Sven, swing. Uh, that's going to be a 16 on the die. Or 27. For a 27. Bonk. I think Plus it it's prone. I'm guessing it hits. That's my it guess. Sounds like a crit. No, it, it, uh, it, it, it would have been prone after after it triggered. The, well, after yeah, it yeah. triggered. Yep. But with an AC of 17. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crit. 
Four D eight. So is that three dice? Four D eight. Just doubles. Wow. Just add one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Good night, Irene. Doubles. Twenty six points of damage. Twenty six points of damage, and the second ghoul to run by Sven through this door. <laughs> third i suppose a technically but it's the second one that he will kill in one shot <laughs> sven what does it look like uh so he, he oh so he hits it before it goes down uh so he hits it before just, it goes down yeah so as it's going through we just yeah completely clotheslines it and stuff yeah just spinning it in the air just a beautiful like tight end tackle just fucking sailing yeah and then it lands on its neck as it hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a tackle in football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is uh it is very dead. Very, very dead after that crit. My goodness. That is the end of round Life. five. The top of round six. And Damn, it is again. <laughs> Tragically, (laughs) for the ghoul in front of him, Sven's turn as I raise my drink and toast to its poor health. And doubles the ice pour one out. Fucking Uh, thresher. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough. Uh, 21. You know it's AC, my dude. That's (laughs) a hit. You want to roll the next attack? Kill him as well. This is how much we can do here. Uh, That's an 18 on the die. Uh, 18 on the... That's a crit. <laughs> yes. Damn. Yeah, okay. Uh, sweet. So I will uh, swing with the first here. Let's see just do 25 points of damage. 25 points of damage. We'll see. Despite the professor's best efforts, <laughs> this ghoul is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh. shit. I just want to be clear that, like, you know, what? those what? those ghouls are, are wandering around the hermitage. They've gotten up out of the crypts. And, you know, as the GM, it's like, where are you going to put them in? And I was like, do I want to challenge them this much? Like, is it going to be too difficult? And then the answer is no, absolutely not. And I want to write a letter to the good people at Paizo and say, what are you doing putting a creature with AC-17 into the system at this level. That's insane. It's just, it's just, yeah, crit, 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 I mean, oh, does your party have any fighters? Boom, dead. They do paralyze and, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. That's true. And I, in the last episode, they almost killed like two of us. That's true. And the truth is, I do forget about that right now as two of them went down to one hit. Yeah. It is hard to remember how impactful they can be in a situation such as this. Unfortunately for you, we have a fighter. Yeah, and, and a huge perception you. check by Eugene. Huge yeah. perception check. Yeah. Huge yeah. perception oh, yeah, check by Eugene. True. That's yeah. true. That's true. You get to brace for him. Greasy that's true. trickery. That's true. And a nice grease. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was dope. Eugene, well played on all fronts. That's true. Well played on all fronts. Hero point. Hero point to Eugene. Hero point Fuck to Eugene. Yeah. I got like yeah. eight minutes to use it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Squeeze one out real fast. Um, no, these will roll over. These will roll over until I sleep. Um, it's not a session. It's sleep until you until you sleep. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Given the way that, given yeah. the amount of time that we play during a session and stuff, uh, every session feels a little bit like it's hard to get into danger. And you know, you guys are earning them because you're doing a lot of cool shit. 
do a cool. lot of cool shit. Thank you very much. You do believe that you have cleared this room. Uh, the grease will evaporate eventually. Act as though it is not there. What do you all want to do now? Probably check out that room to the northeast, huh? Room closet. You want to check out the room closet? Yeah. Absolutely. What do you want to do before you go in? Any healing, any perception checks, anything like that? Uh, I guess, yeah, perception check to see if I hear anything like scratching around on the inside. But Yeah, yeah, throw me a perception check. Perceptive a 12. You don't hear anything, confidently. It's good enough for me. Uh, and I try the lock. Try the lock. Jiggle, jiggle. Door swings open. There is a rift. Is, it, is that little black line on there supposed to be there? That little black line on there is indeed supposed to be there. It's a clue. This uh, pantry contains large bins to hold vegetables and fruit and racks for all sorts of dry goods, such as salt, farro, a wonderful grain, and spices. The supply of fresh foods is starting to run low, but there are still sufficient goods to feed the remaining hermits simple rations for weeks. But don't worry about that line on the map. Not like gunpowder, like trailing underneath one of the bins? No. It represents, I think, the trident that I placed outside of the room. Oh. But narratively, we could say there's a trail of gunpowder leading to the bin of Pharaoh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're choosing not to. No, 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 no. I, I know. I, I hate this. Oh my gosh, what, what is this? A car? No, you idiot. That's a rhinoceros. I don't want to break the first rule of improv, but mm. I am going to say that that's not a trail of no gunpowder but. as your GM. Yeah. yeah, no, but no, no, but that's not what that is. <sighs> okay, but what is it? <laughs> Sam, could I cast um, turn to gunpowder? <laughs> what no what's your what's your highest level spell 11 they all laughed at me oh no it's a 12th level spell <laughs> just wait till we level up We're honestly that's what i figured i just thought maybe give me some wiggle room that's all right yeah, yeah. uh okay. upgrade the technology of the society by one how much what, what is what are the material costs of that spell i don't have the resources uh, let me just reach right for now. my uh, guns and gears source book here uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh rudy the I fact that you bought that does not gear. bring it into this world i did not world. buy guns and gears i did not buy <laughs> it's it's canon that's that's in the no the i know i think there's in 2e now Falcon Star. I've not purchased it. Yeah, no. I I uh, I listened to the Glass Cannon podcast and I saw what a gunslinger does when unleashed upon a world that doesn't have other guns in it. So yeah, no, we're not playing. with It's guns a lot right. like having a two E fighter in your group. <laughs> oh, Rudy, are you eating? Full <laughs> <laughs> of food, my ear. <laughs> it's chewing oatmeal just around the globe right now. It's sensual. So anyway, Spend is going to make a firework out of the pile of gunpowder that lies in front of him. Fuck. Yeah, okay, cool. So long as it has no material benefit, I have no problem with that. <laughs> Spend has a bazooka. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so long as that bazooka only aids on a diplomacy check, I have no problem with it. We'll certainly intimidate. So long as it aids on a diplomacy check? 
Who the hell do you know that would not fucking negotiate differently with the bazooka pointed at them? <laughs> so long as? What world are you coming from? Pretty sure that's a fucking Trump card. Oh, and if uh, you disagree with me, I have a fucking handheld rocket I'll blow into your face. And I'm looking at it saying, what's that big empty metal tube? I'm one technology level behind. Yeah. I can't be intimidated. And that's why Leighton doesn't do diplomacy for us. <laughs> plus two. Plus two for a bazooka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> plus two magic bazooka. Firm. Fine. Firm, firmly grounded Fine. in the reality of the world. Morgan makes a lot of good points. I'm not going to say it's fair, but I'm going to take it. Yeah, a bazooka with one piece of ammunition. <laughs> That's all you need if you're aiming right. <laughs> so, as you move around this room, uh, you don't learn a ton that you didn't just by walking in. There's a stone oven on the northern wall, a cauldron. There is the brewing equipment. Wooden tables, benches, looks like about two dozen people could eat in here, etc., etc. Is there anything that y'all want to investigate? Um, can we check out the Trident? You want to check out the Trident? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It looks to be very similar to the other Tridents you've seen wielded by the corrupted priests in this temple so far. Now, um, give me a... Give me, uh, I, I basically what I want right now is a fighter check. So, uh, mm -hmm. give me an, uh, give me an attack roll, uh, either Svend or Ben. You're not attacking right now, but we're using this basically as a knowledge check for your skills as a fighter. But I, I think that that's the most applicable, uh, modifier to this roll. Okay. While, while this is happening, Sam, can I, can I just reiterate my interest in Eugene casting detect magic and fucking moving through the space looking for magical cues. We don't need, yeah, to, we we're don't need to address it right now. But No, no, that's cool. We are in exploration mode, we'll say. Your default is uh, detecting magic. And so far, you have not detected any magic in this room. Cool, cool. Thanks. Sorry. Go ahead. My bad. No, you got it. 18 for an attack. Mine's 21. Okay, why can't oh. either of you roll these kinds of rolls when we're fighting my bad guys? Both of you, though, do succeed, and you heft this trident, and are perhaps a little bit more deliberate about your examination than you have been with the tridents you've scooped up in the past, and you're like, these are doing way more damage when in the hands of these corrupted priests than they should be. And you realize that there is some connection between the priests and these weapons that allows them to be more effective, more damaging when in their hands. Sam, that's amazing. Uh, first of all, is this, is this going to be common knowledge to the group? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Are... Do we understand if there's a specific kind of magic or? I was going to see if I could do a religion check to see a deity that like. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That, 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 that. Is there a deity with the trident as their favorite weapon? Yeah. Throw up uh throw up a uh, knowledge religion there. That's a six on the die for a 13. 
13. I'll roll. A very cold 13. I'll roll. Uh, Natty 20. Damn. Or a... My religion isn't that good. 23. Absolutely. So with a natural 20, that's going to launch it up one category into a critical success. You're a little bit confused, right? You don't know a ton about this type of religious lore, for lack of a better, better word. But understanding what they've told you about the kind of damage that this is laying out, and it shouldn't be. You're like, what? what is going on? You no, know, you know what? I don't think it has anything to do with this trident. I don't think it has much to do with the fact that they're Gojra worshippers other than they were super familiar with the trident before they got caught up with these demons. But Gojra worship alone isn't going to elevate their damage with this weapon to this degree. It has something to do with the demons that they've been consorting with. So to summarize that, somehow their familiarity with this weapon prior to their consorting with demons, likely because they are or were worshipers of Gozra, has somehow led to it benefiting from their associations with demons. And you would can I oh go, in, sorry, go ahead. In, in in perhaps game terms say they benefit from some sort of demonic strength when wielding these tridents. Yes. That's hmm, okay. Hmm, 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 hmm. Would an occultism role tell us anything different about how those two things are being sort of brought together? You can roll it. Optimism. Also rolled a six. Thirteen. Thirteen. As those wheels start to spin for you, Leighton, the the main thing is a recognition, right? With a 13, you're not getting more knowledge, but you're seeing that piece fit into what you've been watching from these corrupted priests and corrupted retainers for the last like day and a half, two days. This makes sense, right? They seem to be moving a little too fast, hitting a little too effectively for what you understand to be within the realm of a mundane weapon. And you've also picked these up and Eugene has been pinging detect magic the entire time you've been there and hasn't been getting anything from these tridents. So this explains that, right? You're watching a weapon do what appears to be magical levels of damage and it's not magical. But with these checks, you're fitting into place. There's a missing piece, and it's these demons. Does anyone have something to say right now? Nope. Can we role play for a second? I think Eugene is going to look at the professor, and I think he's going to be like, Prof, I feel like we learned a lot of things in the last day or two that you should be telling me about. And this feels like, like I'm way out of my league and you're walking into something very familiar. And I'm scared, man. 
because I feel like if we're in this together, this is your wheelhouse. Ah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's no secret, Eugene, that um, I have been gifted with uh, certain powers that come from the other side. But I can say in all truthfulness that this is not something that I have encountered before in my travels. Uh, I'm uh, just as concerned as you about all this. I, I do have a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> a small history with uh, summoning circles, uh, very dangerous uh, instruments that ought to be used with great care, but um, uh, nothing quite like this. Nothing quite like this. The professor kind of... Um, He's got, like, his hand, his hand in his pocket. It's kind of fidgeting a little bit. But even more generally. Yeah. You don't know why these priests of Gozra mm. would be messing with all these forces? You got, well, you got no idea what it is they're prying at? In my experience, Eugene, the, uh, Universe is a uh, bit of a large uh, quilt of uh, varying powers and uh, forces. It is very tempting for us to uh, try and take hold of a thread of that quilt, to uh, grasp at something greater than ourselves, perhaps something that uh, can elevate us from our lowly status to those of even the great gods like Gozra and such. Uh, he looks at the looks up at the skies like, "I hope you heard me." You know, yes. But unfortunately, all us mortals are able to do is take these strands of the quilt and untangle them. What we're left with are small threads, infinitely more powerful than we can imagine, and more devastating than we can ever fathom. I imagine that someone in this temple has chosen to sacrifice their, perhaps their humanity, for powers. And as a wise philosopher once said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Perhaps the rest of this mon monastery has also become infected with this desire. And the professor is like, is clearly holding back tears while he says this. Eugene clocks that. He looks at him for a while. And then he gets close to the professor and he asks very simply, what are the pieces of the quilt that you're trying to pick apart? And the professor uh, looks over into Eugene's eyes and says, I may be a doctor of magic, a conjurer extraordinaire, etc., etc. But in many ways, I'm still just an old fool, Eugene. I made my bed years ago with forces that should not have been dealt with. I paid my price. I pay it still. I can only hope that I can repay the person that suffered the most. But these powers do not come freely. Just remember that. All right. I just hope that you know that you can be honest with me. And the professor uh, is about to say something and then uh, instead kind of 
gives his little, <laughs> yeah, yes, and uh, pats Eugene on the back and says, you're a good boy, Eugene. You're a good boy. Oh, uh, thanks, Prof. I like you. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps in a uh, less stressful situation, I can, uh, I can tell you a bit more. Yeah, it's been a weird day. It certainly has. It certainly has, which makes me question what exactly is in this brewing material. Uh, and uh, the professor drops, a, picks up a little ladle that's hanging on, I'm assuming, by the uh, oven, drops it into the brewery stuff and uh, gives it a sniff. What does he smell? <laughs> We're going to find out next week. Again! Rudy, Rudy, that is a hero point. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Eugene, that was that was a wonderful setup, but you've already got one today, so um, yeah, this is impossible to play so well. You get two. <laughs> <laughs> See you later.